Hi, friends. Welcome to I Have Been Through Some Shit, the podcast. My name is Dawn, and I, like you, have been through a lot of shit. I am a narcissistic and domestic abuse survivor. And in order to combat my fear, I decided that I was going to learn every single thing there was to learn about narcissism, and I am still learning. I don't think that I will ever be done learning. Today's episode, we are going to discuss co-parenting with a narcissist and the fact that you really cannot co-parent. So we're really going to be talking about something called parallel parenting, what that means and how it can ease your mind and the stress of dealing with the narc. So stay tuned and I'll be right back after the break. And thank you for joining me today on I've Been Through Some Shit, the podcast. Be right back. Thank you for being with me today, friends. I really appreciate you being here. And today's episode is emotionally charged because we're talking about quote unquote co parenting, which when you were in your marriage and you were trying to co parent, it's difficult. So when you're on the outside of that, it is extremely challenging. And your children are the most important beings in your life. So how are we going to keep? give them a safe space in our homes? And how are we going to keep our sanity? And that's what we're talking about today. So I'm going to dive right in. I have a lot of um, information for you. And I will go through um, some tidbits from my own life and my own story as well. So from healthline.com, we're going to talk about co-parenting with a narc. And really, can you do it? No, you cannot do it. Because why? Well, Narcissists have the opposite traits that are needed to create um, healthy, positive families. And we know this. That's why we left in the first place. So in a divorce or a co-parenting dynamic, you are really going to be challenged. Um, I tried to co-parent for, oh gosh, almost 15 years, and it was impossible. None of my efforts worked. Uh, let's see, he would not agree to custody or other arrangements. He was never nice or agreeable, or even was able to fake being kind, like I faked being kind all the time, you know, and I even, you know, uh, forged a relationship with his current spouse, because I knew that if she and I could get along, that it would make life easier for us. But um, he just could not do it. Absolutely could not do it. And also, he would interfere with the children's routines, uh, the appointments, uh, their schooling, their social calendars, their belongings. He would take their phones and look through their text messages. Um, he would interfere in their friendships with their friends. And all this is so difficult. And I, every single time they left, I would just pray, pray with my face to the floor that God would protect these children because I knew they were going into a volatile environment. And later on, it was a volatile environment because they were witnessing domestic violence, but it's volatile because the narcissist is a volatile being. So, um, and you know, all of these things, they stem from them needing control. Uh yeah, so my ex-narc, and I don't know if you guys uh, have this as well with your ex-narcissist, but mine was obsessed with the court order, and he rarely followed it himself. He loved two words, court order 
and well, three words, court order and contempt. And uh, listen, he lives his life in contempt. So I have no idea why I was so afraid all the time. But um, yeah, he would enforce that court order, but never, ever follow it himself. So how do you try to make the situation work? Well, in the next segment, I'm going to give you a few tips that you can just keep in the forefront of your mind and hopefully help. I'll be right back. So how do you try to make the situation of co-parenting work? Because you can't co-parent. And we're going to talk about parallel parenting in um, a future segment coming up on this episode. So number one from Healthline.com, you're going to establish a legal parenting plan. And what I can tell you about this is that you need to get everything in writing. Times, dates, holidays. That way, if the ex-narc starts to demand more time, you have a legally binding document for your kids and your protection. Write down exactly who pays what, who does what, and on which days, and leave no gray areas. I cannot even stress that enough. No gray areas for your own protection. Number two, take advantage of court services. A GAL will often be appointed to work for your child. Now, this person is supposed, I'm going to underline that, supposed to get to know your child and the situation and make recommendations to the court on their behalf. Let me speak to this for a moment. In my situation, there was domestic violence uh, the children had witnessed in the other household. A GAL was appointed by the lawyers. It was a female, which was great. I have uh, daughters. And what happens is the GAL will call in the children. She will call them in separately. She will speak to them. She will speak to me separately. And she spoke to the couple separately. But the couple were in cahoots with one another. And so they were able to manipulate the GAL. And she had a lot of doubts that I was turning the kids against uh, the ex-narc. And um, that was not good for me. I did get called in once or twice. And I had to, um, uh, what did I have to do? Uh, I had to try to defend myself against, um, you know, these manipulative two people. And it was extremely difficult. So what I would say to you is that if you are in a state that is going to appoint a GAL, please question whether that person has um, experience with narcissistic abuse. I think that that would be invaluable to your children, in my opinion. Um, in some places, you might have a mediator and um, to serve as a go-between for communication and resolution between the parents, and that can be good. And you can also establish a parenting plan with a mediator, but they do not usually give orders or advice. And number three, this is so, so, so important. Set firm boundaries. Narcs love your reaction to the shit that they do. So what I can offer to you is to communicate only through text or email. 
This way you have time to respond versus react. And if you are using our Family Wizard, which is a court app, that's really good too because nothing can be deleted from there. And they will lose their shit on the court app. Trust, they will. If you can set these boundaries in the parenting plan um, as well, for example, like if there is a specific time each week that the ex-narc can speak to the child, uh, get this firmly set in the parenting plan. Um, you know, not that they're going to follow the order because they're going to try to not follow the order, but um, ex-narc will not like the boundaries, and they'll probably go off. Um, but it'll help you maintain stability for your child in your home. And it does. Next point I want to get to is to try to parent with empathy. Please remember that your child is going through a lot. You know, we're asking them to go back and forth, to live in two separate households. And the other household we know is kind of fucked up, you know. So put their feelings into the foremost of um, your mind. Your child will likely not be get, getting the love and support and safe space in that other household. So please just be open to discuss their feelings. Um, and you give them so much space um, to feel safe by offering an ear to listen or a hug to comfort or a shoulder to lean on. Um, this is for showing respect and love for your child. And my kids, I can tell you, they always needed one day to decompress. I don't know if any of you have experienced the same thing, but they always needed one day where I needed to kind of leave them alone. And then they would come back around, you know, I, but I'm a very loving parent. I'm very demonstrative with my love hugs and sitting, you know, in the nook of my arm and, you know, while they're talking to me and just listening to them. And also I would talk to them like while they were doing an activity, while they were coloring, while they were, um, you know, I don't know, playing dress up or like whatever. And we would just just talk in that manner, but I never ever wanted them to feel like like anything was their fault or that they were supposed to parent me. I'm the parent. So is it hard? Yeah, it is fucking hard. But you got to be the bigger, bigger, better person with the safe household and the safe boundaries because they're not getting it over there, you guys. Here's something that's difficult, and it's difficult for a lot of people, is to avoid speaking ill of the other parent. Now, my ex-narc abuser spoke ill of me and lied about me to my kids. And you know what? As they get older, they know. They know when you're spitting lies at them because they know what's going on. They know how they feel over here. They know how they feel over there. And eventually it backfired on them because kids love their parents. So you don't want that to backfire on you you. So get into a support group, get into a therapy with a therapist that understands narcissistic abuse, um, or like talk to a friend who's going through the same thing. That's what I did. I had two individuals who we could always call on one another and we always understood it. Never really had to explain anything because we all had been through the same thing just at different times. But ranting to your kids about the other parent is going to put them in a position that they did not ask for and it's going to give them a lot of anxiety and they already have a you know, anxiety. So, you know, we don't want to give them more anxiety. They're just kids. 
All right. What you could also do is avoid emotional arguments. So what do you want to do is just not give them the satisfaction of seeing you upset or not going on the 24-hour text-a-thon rants that I've spoken about because it'll go on and on and accomplish nothing and you can't get that time back. You need to spend that with on your job or with your friends or with your family or with your children. So you should answer the questions asked and if they are suitable to be answered. Only the ones that are suitable to be answered about the children, not about your life, your new flame, where you go to eat. I bet you're happy. I bet you're this, that, the other thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. No, we don't respond to anything like that. Nothing. Because what you say isn't going to matter anyway. And they're using you as supply. Expect challenges. Now, when trying to, quote unquote, co-parent with a narc, they're going to challenge you on everything. And I bent over to my detriment in a lot of occasions because I just wanted to keep the peace. And I thought that if I bent over a lot um, and if I gave in uh, by giving extra time and all that, um, that, uh, you know, my kids would have an easier time over there. But it was maddening to me because... Um, I, I never got, got it easy, no matter what I did, no matter what I tried to do. And I lost a, a ton of time with my children um, in trying to keep the peace. And so if you have that court order and it says, you know, you're going to stick to that court order, if they're like, oh, I want X, Y time, I want to trade with you, you say, no, let's just stay to the court order. And that's it. That's all that you say. That is a complete answer. No, let's just stick to the court order. And what are they going to do? They're going to go off. They're going to scream. They're going to yell. But if you are getting everything through text and email or possibly on the um, court apps, that's all documented. And if you hold yourself to a certain standard, it's real easy to see who the crazy person is if you're not giving in to their craziness. Trust me, I've been through all of this. Um, and I have learned a lot, which is why I'm here talking to you guys. So that helpful, hopefully, some of this information can help. Um, yeah. All right. When I come back, we're going to talk about parallel parenting. What is it and how it can really help you and to save you from a lot of issues. Be right back. What is parallel parenting? Well, I actually saw on Instagram that Melanie Tonya Evans, she did a blog post on this on Sunday, and I knew that I was going to talk about it. So you can find some information over there or by searching the web at um, Melanie Tonya Evans. Um, And she talks a lot about this. And uh, you can also find her on Instagram and you can also find her on YouTube for this very topic. So here's what we know. Co-parenting is not going to happen because by saying co, we're implying that we're a team. Well, the narc is not a team with anybody. Even if they're on a team, they're only out for themselves. And we know this. So what is parallel parenting? Well, it's a way to have control over the new relationship that you're going to have with the narc, which is we're sharing our children. Parallel parenting is to be treated like a business relationship. And this is what my lawyers always told me. You respond like you are speaking to someone that you are in a business relationship with. And it really changed the dynamic and made my life a lot more calm. So the details of your personal and your private life are not discussed. It doesn't need to be discussed. All that knowledge has been concluded. They don't need to know any of that. The only thing that's discussed are facts about the children. The key to parallel parenting is 
not to care. We don't care if they're going to go off on us. I don't care what names you're going to call me. I don't care what you say you're getting ready to do. I do not have to defend myself. I'm answering your questions. You do not respond to snide comments, put downs, accusations, nothing. You give the narc no power by maintaining your silence on anything other than facts about the children. You are giving them info as an FYI. You're not using the kids as go-betweens. You are only communicating by text, email, or court app about facts. That's it. You eliminate their power by just going, uh, giving details about facts. Because we know what they're going to do. We really want to have fun. So we're going to go on a 24-hour text-a-thon. No, you set the standard. You set the standard for this. Is it difficult? Yes. Can you do it? Yes. The more you do it, the easier it will become. You know, you want your kids to have a happy home full of laughter and love. And by making your home a safe haven and narc free, your children will grow up with healthy boundaries and knowing what peace and love feel like. And to a child, those qualities make them feel confident and safe, and they are going to get that from you. So by tossing aside all the narc's drama and only responding as needed, your life will be a lot more tranquil and available to spend time with your children. And this I wish I had done. I became a single mother when my oldest was two and my youngest was nine months. And I can tell you that these 24-hour text-a-thons took me away from my children when I should have been spending time with them and giving them attention. I'm sitting in their playroom, but I'm not playing with them because I'm over here trying to defend myself and being called every other thing, every other minute, every other day. And it just kept my life in turmoil. And had I known this or even knew that this was a thing, um, it would have made my life a lot more calm and easy to deal with. Um, I really don't know how the dude got anything done. Honestly, I don't know how he worked. I don't know how he maintained any relationships with anyone um, when he was constantly berating me day in and day out. I really don't. The narc wants to take all of that from you, all the time with your kids, um, all of your happiness, all of your tranquility, and they want to take all that from, from you. So don't give it to them. Please do not do what I do. If you set firm boundaries for how and when you respond to them, they'll begin to look for new supply elsewhere. Now, they might ramp up their shit, too, before they stop. Um, so just know that um, because, you know, but eventually they will look elsewhere. And I'll tell you um, about that, um, how that came to be true in my own life in just a moment. If the narc starts to smear your name to the kids instead of immediately feeling like you should text or call them or defend yourself, um, speak to your child instead and say, I'm sorry that you had to hear those things. Come give me a hug and, you know, love on them a little. And that's what I would do when they would come home and they would say crazy things that um, he and she were saying about me. Uh, you don't need to defend yourself against blatant lies. And I wish that I, I would have known that as well, because I always felt like I had to defend myself. And if somebody's lying about you, it's a lie. And I don't have to defend myself against lies because it's a lie. So think about that for a moment. If you ignore it instead of fueling it, the narc will eventually give up and they will. So let me tell you what used to happen to me 
um, up until several years ago, actually, I would have such anxiety about opening my phone in the morning and checking emails or checking text messages that had come through overnight because invariably, well, he would drink at night. So I knew that I was going to get some horrible bullshit um, tossed to me at 1230, one o'clock in the morning. Um, you know, and I, I mean, I go to bed early on the nights that I work. So, you know, I don't respond um, after a certain amount of time, but it would be like accusing me of things, um, you know, calling me horrible, disparaging names. I'm not going to even get into it. Sending me pictures of um, people like he thought that I looked like, like, um, like witches and all and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, this guy, he it's like dealing with a 12 year old. But I think a 12 year old is probably even um, has more sensibilities than the person that I was dealing with. Um, a lot more maturity, for sure. Um, and so I dealt with that for years. Eventually, I just got so exhausted, I just stopped responding at all. Now, it did ramp up and get a little bit worse in the beginning, but I just went no contact. There was no reason for me to respond to things like that. There's no reason for me to respond to bullshit accusations or lies or, or things that just pulled out of the air uh, with no validity whatsoever. And so I just absolutely, completely stopped responding and put the block on because my kids are older and they can speak for themselves. When they're younger, it's very difficult. And so that's why I'm talking about parallel parenting with you, because if you can adopt these behaviors for yourself now, your life will become a lot more easier. Um, and like I said, if you set these standards now, um, you will be a lot better off for it. Um, and it won't go on as long as mine did. Um, so... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy. But you know what? I just listen. I don't need your crazy. We just don't need it. Here's the other thing. Stick to the schedule. Um, the narco try to, you know, change the parenting plan, take advantage of situations. But all you need to do is say, like I said in the previous set, set, um, segment, let's stick to the parenting plan. No matter the bullying, no matter, you know, how they ramp up, they say they're going to do this, that, the other thing, tell this person, that person. I don't care. We're just sticking to the parenting plan. That's why it's so important to get every single thing you want in that plan. Also, uh, limit the time that the narc can communicate with the kids after like 9 p.m. I just wouldn't allow it because um, he would drink in the evenings and then he texts the kids accusing them of all kinds of crazy shit and it would upset them before bed. And so I would say, well, here's the thing. It's too late to respond right now. So we'll respond tomorrow. Go ahead, turn off your phone because it's time for bed anyway. And then several times I'd have to lay there and, um, you know, hold them or, you know, pray with them or whatever would make them feel better to know that I couldn't say I, I did not say. He's a fucking crazy ass motherfucker and you just not need to lose, you know, don't respond to him because he's drinking. Like I, I did not say that. I did not say, I know a lot of people do. I did not, did not feel comfortable with it. Did not want to put that on my kid's shoulders. So I would just try to make the best of it that I could. Is it hard? Mm-hmm. Yep. Sure as fuck is. But for me, I just felt better that way doing that for them. Even though on the inside I'm dying, it's killing me. I just want to go. I just, I just want to run away. I've never wanted to run away more than what I did as an adult. And I don't know if, how you feel about that, but that's how I feel because I've never been bullied more in my life than I wasn't as an adult. And I never wanted to like open the door and just run the fuck away more. I, I never did it as a kid. Um, well, I'm sure that's really not true. But as an adult, I'm like, I just want to run the fuck away. 
I don't know where the hell I go, but I gotta figure out something. Maybe. I don't know. Okay, anyway. So, you know, like I said, they're gonna just spout off all kinds of crazy shit. So keep to that, like get that written in there that they can only speak to them, you know, till a certain point, like, you know, eight PM every Wednesday. Not nine, not nine fifteen, not eight oh five, not eight fifteen. It's at eight. Eight PM. That's the cutoff. So try and think of that um as well. So that's what I can offer you for that. So let me tell you a little bit about single parenting. Um, When I was a single mother, I found it that it was a lot more effective um, when I was in control of my reactions. Um, And I wish I would have done that a little bit more because like I said, like I wasted a lot of time and energy responding, no, reacting to him when I just should have let it go. Um, but I'm one of those people that I think that, you know, I have to like clear my name and with them, it doesn't matter what you say, cause your name is never going to be clear because it's always going to be your fault. You're the one, you're that, you're this, you're that. I mean, for God's sake, you know, um, his mother even told me that it was my fault that, you know, he cheated on me because I didn't have, you know, I didn't hold up dinner at night. No, I'm pretty sure that's not the reason why he cheated on me <laughs> for years and years. Pretty sure that's not it, but um, so go gaslight somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're full of crazy over here. All good. So I just wish that I would have done some of these things. That's why I'm just kind of passing it off to you. So let's see. You're going to establish your boundaries and you're going to stick to them. You're going to give your kids a drama-free home by keeping communication with the narc to yourself and just by responding and not reacting. And you are going to communicate only as needed on facts through text, email, or court app. Those are the things that you are going to do in order to save your sanity by parallel parenting because you cannot co-parent and we know this. So stay with me, and I have something special for you right after the break. Be right back. So I became a single mother when my children were two and nine months respectively, and I was terrorized for all of those years that I was a single parent. And even after I married again, I'm in my second marriage right now. And even after them, because why? Because I allowed it because I didn't know what was happening until I started um, researching what the hell was going on. And by the way, if you're Googling, like what people are doing to you, (laughs) chances are, you know, you're dealing with a crazy person. And so had I known these things, I would have known how to hold myself at a certain standard in order for it all to stop, which is desperately what I want for you, which is why I've created the podcast. So I mean, I, I have a couple of things, you know, written here. I mean, he would take out um, temporary restraining orders on me so I couldn't take vacations with the kids. He and his, you know, wife, they would smear my name in the community. Um, And instead of just, you know, answering the questions about the facts or interactions, um, the shit would just go on for hours and hours and hours. And it was emotionally depleting. And I needed to be given those emotions to my children. But did he want that for me? No, of course he didn't want that for me. You know, they don't want anything for you. So um, what can I say to you? This is a game. It's all a game. But if you don't play the game, the game will be over. So you teach people how to treat you. And like I said, it might ramp up before it stops. And so you need to be aware of that. And um, just know 
that eventually, if you're holding yourself to a certain standard, it will end because they have to go get their supply from someone. And be aware and make sure that it's not the kids because sometimes they'll use their kids for supply too. And we want to make sure that's why our house is safe and we are providing the love and support that those kids need to grow up healthy. So I have something that I want to read to you, and it's one of my very favorite poems, and it got me through a lot um, when I was going through a lot. And of course, I still go through a lot. Um, And it is the poem by the poet uh, Maya Angelou, and it's called Still I Rise. So I'm going to read this for you right now. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very turt, but still, like dust, I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room. Just like moons and like suns, with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken? bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops, weakened by my soulful cries. Does my haughtiness offend you? Don't you take it awful hard? Because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my own backyard. You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness still like air, I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame, I rise. Up from a past that's rooted in pain, I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping in wide, welling and swelling, I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear, I rise. Into a daybreak that's wondrously clear, I rise. Bringing the gifts that my ancestors gave, I am the dream and the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. That is from me to you. And no matter what, you will rise. Thank you for being with me today on I've Been Through Some Shit, the podcast. Again, my name is Dawn, and I thank you so much for being with me today. It was a deep episode, and I hope that you can take away uh, a few tips and some lessons from me, um, from me to you. And still, you will rise. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.